Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Melbourne, Australia, Sia Papa Giorgio. Sia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Sia is the managing partner for the Center Center for Strategic Communication and Excellence. She's a multi-award-winning communication consultant and trainer. She's the immediate past chair of the Global Communication Certification Council, and Sia has been recognized, felicitated, and awarded several times. So Sia, before we start talking about communication, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Sure. So I have been working in the field of communication for probably... Uh, almost 25 years, I'd say. Um, I uh, studied media and communications at university. I always knew I wanted to do something in communication from, from say, the third year of high school. Um, we had uh, some visiting anchor, um, uh, an, an anchor, a famous anchor woman from uh, Melbourne, Australia, visit us mm-hmm. uh, at school to tell us about what her uh, career was like uh, as a as a newsreader, and I was absolutely captured and mesmerised. And I thought I want to do something like that too, because mm-hmm. uh, I just I just saw this powerful and charismatic woman in front of me sharing information with the world or with uh, you know Australia audiences anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I studied media and communications at university. I then uh, worked in broadcast journalism for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. And then I took off, um, as many Australians do, to London to live and work where I worked in public relations. That was a lot of fun. I got to do great things like visit Buckingham Palace and meet the Princess Royal wow. uh, as part of my du- official duties. Uh, so that was good. Uh, and then I came back to Australia and I worked uh, mainly in the federal government mm-hmm. in a variety of communication roles. And I left uh, the Australian Taxation Office, which is one of the largest Australian federal government agencies, mm-hmm. at the end of September in 2014 to uh, become a consultant. Uh, and so here we are. <laughs> and as they say, the rest is history. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about the Centre for Strategic Communication and Excellence. Tell me a little bit about this venture and what was your motivation to start it? Okay, so the our organisation is a global professional development and insights organisation, and our mission is really to elevate the value and visibility of strategic communication as a force for good in society. And we do this in three very specific ways across organisations. So the first thing we do is we work to develop strategic communication professionals. Mm-hmm. So they're the people who are employed by organisations to develop strategic communication for a living, okay? Uh, So we work with their teams to increase their strategic communication capability. The second thing we do is build the communication capability of leaders in organisations because leaders have a very, very important role to play in the communication equation. So we help them understand that role. We help them uh, with, you know, what effective communication looks like uh, and how it can impact an organisation's bottom line. Mm-hmm. And the third thing we do is we build communication skills of employees because mm-hmm. ultimately communication is everybody's responsibility in an organisation. Right. So that's what we do in a nutshell. And mm-hmm. our organisation is very opinionated about the power of good communication. Mm-hmm. And we 
It was established in 2015 by my business partner, Adrian Cropley. Mm-hmm. So he um, was the brainchild be- behind the establishment of the, of the organisation. Mm-hmm. However, I met Adrian probably about 2008. Mm-hmm. And again, this, is, this is, demonstrates the power of effective communication and relationship building. Mm-hmm. Because I met Adrian um, in 2008 at a conference and I was speaking at the conference mm-hmm. and Adrian was chairing the conference. Mm-hmm. And we were introduced and we just clicked immediately. And over the years, I had an in-house role. He was already a consultant at that point. Mm. Uh, We would meet occasionally for lunch or for coffee and we'd catch up and talk about communication, talk about what was happening in our profession, talk about our mutual connections, all of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then when I resigned from my in-house role in 2014, Mm. it was the first person I called. Uh, And I said, Adrian, I've just uh, left the ATO. uh, And I don't even think I got the sentence out of my mouth, um, Ash, because he said to me, we have to work together. Mm -hmm. And so we did. And as you said before, the rest is history. So the two of us joined forces Mm -hmm. and we have built the Centre for Strategic Communication Excellence to what it is today. Amazing. You also talk about the Global Communication Certification Council on your website. Tell me a little bit about it and why do you think certification is so important? Okay, this is a topic very dear to my heart because I, uh, I'm fiercely passionate about professional standards, mm-hmm. um, particularly in our profession. Um, but the Global Communication Certification Council is um, an autonomous uh, governing body of the for the Global uh, Communication Certification Program. Mm-hmm. It was a body that was established by the International Association of Business Communicators or ABC. That's one of our global professional associations. Mm -hmm. And so what it does is it uh, maintains an internationally recognised standard of uh, strategic communication excellence based Mm -hmm. on a global body of knowledge, okay? So you don't have to be a member of a professional association to participate in the certification program, unlike other programs. Mm -hmm. It's also the only certification program in the world for communication professionals Mm -hmm. that is ISO accredited. So it meets ISO standards. In this case, ISO 17024. So no other, there is no other communication certification body that can make that claim. But what it does, it's a credentials communication professionals, and we have two levels of uh, certification. The first is the CMP or the communication management professional uh, certification. And that is for Communication professionals who are established in their careers as communication professionals have been working in communication for at least six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are other eligibility criteria when it comes to training and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's the first level of certification. The second level of certification is the one I have, the strategic mm-hmm. communication management professional, mm-hmm. which is for more senior uh, communication professionals who are skilled in providing strategic advice and counsel mm-hmm. to an organization's leadership. And to be eligible to sit for the SCMP certification, you need to demonstrate at least 11 years of uh, communication management work experience. But anyway, getting back to your original question around the benefits of a certification, there are many, and this is a topic, as I could talk about all day. But basically, communication, uh, sorry, certification, in, in this particular case, communication certification, does a number of things, Okay. The first thing it does is it demonstrates that we have the knowledge and expertise and the professional competence in our area of, you know, in our field, which is in this case, communication. Mm. Okay. So it's really that third party endorsement that you meet a particular standard. And in our profession that, you know, there are six building blocks for our work and it says loud and clear that you meet those six building blocks. 
The other thing it does is elevates your value and visibility, okay, because it helps us champion our profession. Now, our particular profession, the communication profession, has been battling legitimacy issues for decades, okay? So this is one way that we can say we are a profession, we have a strong purpose, we have ethics, we have standards, and the people that work in our profession meet those standards. Right. On an individual basis, um, I wasn't joking when I said I could talk about this all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> On an individual basis, um, it helps us maintain our relevance, okay? Mm. Communication professionals have demonstrated that we are critical functions or the, the function of communication is a critical one and we demonstrated it through the pandemic okay mm. so it helps us maintain our relevance because part of your certification is maintaining your professional knowledge mm. so you have to demonstrate annually in this case mm. that we uh, are keeping up with the trends in communication we're keeping up with um you know the latest technology we are on the pulse so to speak Mm. Um, one thing that our certificates have said to us, though, is that a certification increases your confidence, mm -hmm. okay? So it's led to an increase in confidence. It's mm. led to, um, uh, you know, more speaking opportunities, brand on, you know, social media, right. reputation, all of that sort of thing. So, mm. look, there's a number of reasons, but they're probably the main ones. <laughs> mm. Wonderful. And what, you know, you must have worked with, so many different professionals. What are some of the common challenges a lot of people face in communication? So from a challenge perspective, um, probably one of the biggest challenges in an organisation when it comes to communication is leaders who don't believe that communication is a critical part of their role, okay? Mm -hmm or they don't know how to communicate effectively. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, many leaders, and we're not talking about those very senior leaders who obviously understand their role and are good storytellers, and, and there's mm -hmm. lots of those. Um, we're talking about the people who are thrust into leadership positions mm -hmm. with absolutely no support uh, and no tools to be able to communicate effectively. So, And they're not held accountable for their um, lack of communication in this instance any, either. Mm -hmm. So all of that affects engagement, it affects alignment in an organisation, it affects, affects trust. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Hmm. Um, there are another, a couple of other ones that I'd like to mention too, and one of them is around resourcing hmm. or employing qualified people to run your communication functions right. in organisations. Hmm. That's a critical one. And more often than not, um, you know, it's particularly in some of the smaller organisations, there is a bit of an attitude that, Anyone can do communication. Mm -hmm. We'll just get that person, we'll give them a job, and we'll get them to communicate. But in strategic communication, you need a specific skill set for that. You need a really good understanding of the business operations of the organisation. You have to have that business acumen uh, to, to be able to do that. And the final thing I'd like to mention, Ash, is a robust framework for communication. I cannot tell you how many communication uh, organisations I speak to uh who advise me that there are no, there's not a framework for communication. They don't have a communication strategy mm. that 
says this is how we communicate in our, our organisation. Mm. This is who our people are. These are our stakeholders. Mm. These are the channels of communication we have and this is what they should be used for. This is how we expect leaders to participate in communication. These are our policies and our procedures when it comes to communication. That is missing in many organisations and that really affects the quality and the robustness of communication across an organisation. But, you know, you're so right, and thank you for a great answer. But I've spoken to so many leaders from around the world, and one challenge I've seen a lot of them face is that they just assume that when they get onto a stage and start talking, and it's a one-way kind of a communication. Yeah. How do you yeah. define communication, and what should leaders do to be able to, uh, to get understood? So... Let's go to your first question, which is how do you define communication, okay? So in the in the context of an organisation, so when we talk about communication, we're talking about corporate communication, okay? So that is, that refers to the strategic management of communication within an organisation. So how an organisation manages both its internal and its, its external communication, okay? So things like how it connects with people, how it builds relationships with people. It's, you know, stakeholders, audience groups, and that could be groups like your own employees, mm. critical first step in communication, mm. customers, stakeholders, investors, the media, the general public. So the purpose of communication is to convey messages about the organisation's purpose, mm -hmm. its vision, its mission, its values, its key priorities, and managing how others, including your own employees, which are often forgotten in the communication equation, how they perceive and understand how the organisation operates, okay? So it really is the most important link between an organisation and its various stakeholders and audiences mm -hmm. because it shapes things like the reputation of the organisation, the brand of the organisation, the image of the organisation, mm -hmm. and ultimately its identity. Mm -hmm. And all of that thing plays a role in building relationships, in building credibility for your organisation and its people, and building trust, which is, as we know, on the decline, mm. okay, across all of our major institutions. Mm. Um, so so that's probably, you know, and and, and the flow-on effects, Ash, of that are huge. Mm. It, in, it impacts employee engagement. It impacts morale. It impacts loyalty. Mm. It impacts advocacy, all of that, right down to your social license to operate. The mm. flow-on effects are huge. So if you get strategic communication right from the inside, mm -hmm. the bottom line impact and the and the outcomes on the outside of the organisation are huge. Mm. Um, so, but getting back to part two, which is about what leaders are not doing, and. We're not talking about all leaders. Obviously, there are some some great communicators out there and, and great leaders who know how to communicate effectively. But for the most part, they're not listening. Mm -hmm. Communication is not a top-down function. It is a an omnidirectional thing. It flows up, down, across, mm -hmm. sideways, in every direction. So organisations are not listening when it comes to what their employees mm -hmm. need and prefer when it comes to information and communication. What they're doing is making assumptions, okay? It's like, you know, that story about the, the, the senior leadership group who works on the strategy for 12 to 18 months, communicates at once, mm. 
knows it back to front because they've been working on it for the last 18 months and mm. turns around and says, but we told people about it. We mm. communicated. Yep. That's not communication. Okay. You need to check in. You need to measure the effectiveness of what you're communicating. So leaders need to listen more. And, you know, I always go back to that great um, quote by uh, George Bernard Shaw that says the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Mm. How do you know your people have received your message? How do you know they've understood it? How do you know they've acted on it? So people need to get better at listening. Organisations need to get better at listening. Well said. said. Thank you for a great response. So my next question is, you you know, when I was, we were being trained when we were much younger on communication, uh, and in those days, technology wasn't so uh, freely available. We were always told, make sure bad news is given on a Saturday, on a Friday evening. Good news is given on a Monday morning because there were only newspapers, and the news would mm-hmm. bad news would disappear by the time Monday came. But in today's world, with technology, everything's changing. So I wanted to get your perspective on how is technology changing the communication landscape. I've never actually heard that um, saying before, but but um, <clears throat> look, technology is absolutely ha- has changed the communication landscape. landscape. It's had a profound impact. Um, I think you know the biggest impact is had is is communication is now instantaneous. You know, you can send a text message, you can mm. make voice calls or video calls or share images or other types of media across the world in real time. Those boundaries have melted away. We have never been more connected than we are right now. We can have conversations with our friends and families overseas, with our colleagues and our clients across continents and time zones. Um, It's also given us um, huge choice around the channels we have to communicate. Right. We can now do things like video conferencing, instant messaging. Mm-hmm. There are numerous social networking sites. I mean, it's it's a pretty noisy world, yeah. but it has given us that ability to, to choose mm-hmm. how we engage with people. Mm-hmm. It's also given us greater accessibility. So so breaks down language barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people with disabilities, for example, can use software or special devices to communicate more effectively. We can translate content pretty easily um, or transcribe an entire podcast, for example, in a couple of minutes. Absolutely. Um, You know, it helps us build communities, Mm. uh, social media, and then collaboration communities. So from an organisational point of view, Mm. we've got, um, you know, we can break down silos, we can collaborate and innovate uh, more effectively. Mm. You know, if we didn't have technology what would have happened during COVID? We literally transformed our organisations overnight mm-hmm. to be able to work remotely. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, Zoom became the platform of choice. Mm-hmm. Jump on a Zoom call. Without technology, we wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yes, so yep. it really has revolutionised the way we consume information and we share information because now we can also uh, personalise our experiences. I can, you and I can self, uh, you know, select what we want to know. Uh, as consumers, that is, uh, not so much as employees of organization, but definitely as a consumer, I can choose what I consume. Mm. But Sia, from a corporate communications perspective, with technology, what is now happening is that the people you are communicating to, which are your stakeholders, can now respond on a real-time basis. Absolutely. You know, that could so, be positive comments, negative comments. So how does the communication team 
or the leaders respond to so much uh, feedback that they're getting on an, on, on, an, on an ongoing basis? Well, the, I think the first thing to recognise, Ash, is that not all organisations or all leaders are receptive to that feedback. Mm. And I've spoken to many organisations who don't give their employees much of a voice. Mm. You know, a once a year opportunity to participate in the employee engagement survey or whatever you call it, the employee experience survey, you could call it a number of things in your organisation, yep. doesn't cut it. You need to have those lines of communication open all the time. Mm. And it takes a really courageous organisation to say, we want to hear the good, we want to hear the bad, and we want to hear the ugly. Wonderful. And not many organisations do that. You know, some mm. do it really well. Others, you know, hide behind their their content, hide behind specific messages, and don't allow their, their employees to have much of a voice. Mm. But those organisations that do, do things like enable people to make con comments on their internet content, for example. Enable their pe people to comment freely on social media platforms. Mm. Okay. Enable, give them time during um, things like town halls or meetings to be able to share their feedback openly. And mm. I'm continually surprised and dismayed by the number of organisations I speak to where the employees say to me, I would never be able to say anything in a meeting. Mm. And I'll ask them, why not? Mm. Uh, just the, I'm just too scared for my job. Correct. Which is absolutely mind-blowing. Mm. Well said. So time for two more questions for you, Sia. And my next question is on culture. You know, you uh, are in an extremely culturally diverse country. And you know, culture means culture of the organization, culture of the family that we are in, culture of the community that we live in. How does culture impact communication? So in terms of corporate culture, so the culture of the organization, that has a huge impact on communication. Mm -hmm. If your organization has a toxic culture, okay, you'll find there is little or poor communication across the organization. And you'll start to see things like an active grapevine where there are numerous rumours floating yep. around the organisation because when there is a void, a communication void, people start to make things up, mm. okay? You'll find that in those organisations with toxic cultures, leaders are not very good communicators, mm. okay? There's also little to very little, I mean, little to none, no alignment to mm. the organisation's purpose, to its vision, to its mission, to its values or its organisational priority. Mm. There is little to no employee voice, so people mm. don't feel they can speak up. They don't have the opportunity to share feedback about things that are going on, about change, about initiatives, about anything that affects their day-to-day. -day. People are working in silos. And there's really importantly, little psychological safety. So just the example I shared earlier about people not having, um, being fearful about speaking up. Mm -hmm. Likewise, when there is good communication and, and a good culture in an organisation, you have the exact opposite, okay? You, you have people who are in the organisation who not only have the information they need to do their job, mm -hmm. they have the information they need to thrive and excel in their jobs. Okay, uh, there's open and honest communication, which is a real problem in, across most organisations. They have leaders who listen to people. They have, they they actively ask for feedback and do something with that feedback. And you'll notice that they're the organisations who do things like collaborate really well and innovate really well. 
when there is open communication. Well said. And my last question to you, Sia, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your deep understanding of communication and corporate communication, what would you say are three lessons you would want a lot of our young viewers and listeners who are in the corporate world, young leaders, to take back from your understanding and from our conversation? Sure. So the three things I want to share with you are, first, use communication to build trusted relationships. Mm. Trusted relationships with your colleagues, trusted Mm. relationships with the audiences that you are responsible for communicating with Mm. and trusted relationships for your stakeholders, whether Mm. they are internal or external. Mm. And it really helps. And and, um, part of my role is is teaching strategic communication. Mm. And I always tell my training participants, when Mm. you're thinking about the communication you are sharing, Mm. put yourself in the shoes of the receiver and ask yourself, what do you want people to know? Right. What do you want them to think and feel and what do you want them to do as and say as a result of your communication? Mm. And that helps you clarify your messages. Correct. The second thing is to listen more than you speak, mm. okay? It's really, really important if you are in a leadership position mm. or you are a corporate communication professional who whose job is to communicate, mm. give people a voice. Ask for feedback regularly and, mm. importantly, do something with that feedback. People support Correct. what they have to create. And well, if you are demonstrating that you are listening and you are doing something as a result, they will be more likely to participate in whatever it is you're sharing. Mm. And the third thing I want to leave for the next generation of communication professionals or anyone who has a role in communication, such as leaders, mm. ask for help when you need it. Mm. Okay, Just because you are in a leadership position does not make you a natural-born communicator. Mm. Okay. So you, if you need help, go and ask for it. Ask your corporate communication team to mm. give you the tools and the support and the resources you need to become a better communicator because communication absolutely can change the world. Mm. Well said. And on that note, Sia, and your three wonderful lessons, use communication to build trust and relationships with stakeholders. Second, you said, listen more than you speak. This is, I mean, I think really words of wisdom. Um, and I wish people will listen more than the speak and give people a voice. And the third one you said was ask for help uh, when you need it. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey in the world of communication. Thank you for speaking to me about strategic communication excellence, Center for Strategic Communication Excellence. And thank you for also speaking to me about so many different aspects of communication for the corporate world, for leaders, and for a lot of the employees of organizations. Thank you again. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.